Hey. Hey, hey, Pathway. It's going to be a good day. We already had fun once, so we're just going to reset and do it again. I know this is a little different. It's our first ever Serve Sunday, uh, but it's 2020, so we should expect nothing the same as usual anymore, right? Um, just want you to get a chance to kind of hear from a group that you don't get to hear from maybe all that often. I mean, some of us you may, um, and then depending on what area of the church you in, you're in or your kids are in, uh, this was an opportunity for us to kind of get a chance to share a little bit about um, our stories. Uh, we're obviously connecting that to serving today. And so we got a lot to share with you, but I wanted to take just a moment and let these guys and, and lady share a little bit of an introduction about themselves. And in the spirit of uh, chivalry, I'm going to let ladies go first. And so, Pastor Jessica, would you uh, greet everyone? Yes. Um, I'm Pastor Jessica. I oversee women and children here at Pathway Kids here at Pathway. <laughs> so um, I shared this morning the 9 a.m. I think serving's been in my blood um, from when I was a little girl, I watched my parents serve. Um, they served in my Sunday school class. My dad was the Sunday school superintendent for a while. <laughs> um, but I watched them, you know, prepare and serve each Sunday in kids ministry. Then I watched them lead a life group. I watched them pour into people there. And then they served in the nursery. And then when I was here at Pathway and leading Pathway Kids, they served in the toddler class and nursery and things like that. And so... I think as mothers and fathers, we are influencers, yeah. and we have the biggest influence in our kids' lives. And those little eyes are watching us, and they're watching to see how we, where we invest our time. That's what they're watching. And it's because of my parents and their faith in God and serving is why I'm here today. You know, I had amazing examples, and I started serving in kids' ministry when I was like 11 or 12, and then I served in youth ministry, and then it just went on from there, and then I've been here at Pathways forever. I mean, since day one. Almost 11 years. Yeah, almost 11 years, day one, and um, I really started serving behind the scenes is how it started. Um, started serving behind the scenes in kids, and then that grew into, hey, can you just do it for the summer? And then it went from there. <laughs> and then in women, Pathway Women, I just started serving in a small capacity. And then God really transformed my heart in that area. And so I love Pathway Kids, love Pathway Women, and I love Pathway. So, yeah. Colin, go right ahead. Am I going next? Yep. All right, cool. I am Colin. I'm Associate Pastor over Pastoral Care, over Life Groups, and over Outreach. So serving is near and dear to my heart. Um, I got to thinking about it while we were kind of playing in this the other day. And I started serving, I guess it was probably middle school, junior high age. We had, uh, how many of you guys have done church plant before? Okay, y'all okay. know how much work it is to set up and tear down week upon week upon week. So that was our youth service every Wednesday. We had a building and uh, had multi multi-purpose building, and we had to set up and tear down every Wednesday. And with that being said, I just started helping, you know, uh, move heavy stuff around when I was little, and it was that which brought me to 
or close to the people that would end up mentoring me in a worship capacity later on. I didn't really even play an instrument then. But really being able to look back and see that by me just helping and not even really being asked to help, just having a servant's heart, God used that to propel me to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And then now I'm, I'm here before you just because of serving, really. Um, but yeah, so serving's really near and dear to my heart. Uh, and it will change your life. If you completely surrender and you serve with the motive being love, it will change your life. Hello, I am JW. I am the youth pastor here at Pathway. I also serve team. Anyone who is on the serve team with the guest experience, I am the pastor of that as well as our facilities. So anytime there is a broken toilet or anytime the air condition is leaking, thankfully I have an incredible team that helps me with all of these things but that is kind of a part of what I do here at Pathway. I thank God for you, because before you, it was me. <laughs> yes, I love it. Um, a little backstory about me and how I got here to Pathway. I felt a strong calling of God in my life when I was 17 that I was going to preach. I was going to be in full-time ministry, working at a church. So what do you do as a 17-year-old who feels that calling? You go to Bible school. So I went to Bible college, and that's where I met my beautiful wife. And, and then she had a calling on her life as well. So we both knew we had a call of God to be in full-time ministry together as a couple. And we didn't know what that looked like, so we're like, all right, God, we're ready. Then we graduated college and knew it was going to happen. And then God said, move to Kansas City. So we said, okay, it's going to happen there. And it didn't. So we started working at our jobs, and we're in corporate America, and we were working, but we found a place to serve at our church, and we served. So we served one year, and like, okay, it's going to happen. And then we served two years, and then we served five years, and, and they were like, okay, it's going to happen. We still had faith that it was going to happen, so we served, and we served at different capacities as youth pastors, junior high pastors, young adults kind of the spectrum, and, and then God said, move to Longview, and I said, no, uh, not, not going to do that one, um, and then he told my wife, and then I was like, oh, let's, let's do it, and, and it was so cool of an opportunity. We moved here. We left because we just knew it was an opportunity from God, and, and we moved here, and we both started working at the same company, so we're like, oh, well, maybe, maybe we just get to work together and then we can serve together. Maybe that's what God had in, in store. But we found our way here to Pathway and we started serving in different capacities. And, and then Kayla was brought on staff. And I was like, wow, that, that's, that's one step closer to, to our dream. And then this past September, there was an opportunity and, and I came on staff. Ten years of serving to be able to walk into the dream that God placed in my heart when I was 17. So I love that. If you ever get a chance to, to talk to Pastor J-Dub and Kayla, um, their testimony, I mentioned it the first service, it's really amazing. Um, it's just full of kind of God's fingerprints and leading. And, um, and really, that's, that's the way it really is for all of us, you know, if we're really taking inventory. Um, 
my experience, uh, Elena reminded me after the first service, I didn't really introduce myself, so I'm making sure that you guys know <laughs> who I am. Uh, but I'm Mark Straight, and uh, my mom and dad are sitting right there on the second row. Uh, honor them, because they're literally the reason that Pastor Marty and I are here. But, uh, you know, the growing up in a ministry home, because it wasn't a pastor's home at first, um, but my grandpa was a pastor, and I, I remember some of my earliest memories of, of church and watching my mom and dad, you know, serve and do different things was from when I was just, just a little boy, you know, little boy. Um, kind of similar to Jessica, I just watched my parents constantly give of themselves um, and not expect anything in return. And um, kind of to support, you know, again, what Pastor Jessica was saying, you know, as, as moms and dads, one of the greatest gifts we can give our children is a godly example to follow. And uh, Pastor Marty and I were, were blessed to have that godly example, consistent, um, persistent, through all the things, you know, that we, we all went through as a family in different seasons. But I watched my parents go through some really hard things um, in ministry and, and, you know, leading a church. Um, and they never, uh, did they have bad days? Absolutely. Um, we all had them. And I can remember nights in our living room where they would just kind of bring us in there and we'd just pray. Um, and those are the things I remember growing up. And, and it was all around this much bigger idea than what we were, which is the kingdom and what God wants for each of us to do. Um, and I fought most of my life from being involved in full-time ministry. <laughs> Uh, my lovely bride also grew up in a pastor's home, and we had made a vow when we got married, we will never go into full-time ministry. <laughs> we will help, and we will serve, and we will give, and we will do whatever, but don't ask me, Jesus, please, to go into full-time ministry. And I can tell you it's one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done four and a half years later. I wouldn't change a thing. As hard as it's been in seasons, including the one that we're all walking through right now, um, I know that I'm in the center of his will, and I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And one of the big reasons why is sitting on the row two right there. Um, so I love you guys. Um, serving is a lifestyle. And our value as a church is save people, serve people. Um, and it's not just something that we say. It's something that we endeavor to live every day around here. And while certainly, um, as many things are in this season, it's a little more complicated <laughs> than it was, say, a few months ago, um, the kingdom is still the kingdom, and there's people that still need to find Jesus and to grow in their walks with Jesus, and that's part of what today kind of represents, is us trying our best up here to share our heart with you. And a little bit about our stories um, because what, what's cool about this group up here is this is kind of my life group. Um, we live and work together, and I've never met a group of more selfless people. Um, they, they didn't get up here because they went to, you know, all, and did all the right things and went to all the right schools and got their doctorate in divinity. And, <laughs> you know, um, God brought me, including all these three here, up through very unconventional means. And we learned a lot of things through being in careers and business and, and serving while doing all those things. 
And that makes all of this group a highly credible source to receive you know, ministry from is because we've kind of lived it. Um, and it hasn't been perfect. So let me kind of get that out of the way. Nobody up here um, feels like we've got it all right. Um, and we don't even feel, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit, but none of, none of us feel even qualified in this moment to do what we're, what we're doing. Um, we, ha- we joke about that often. As a matter of fact, recently we've had discussions <laughs> about how unqualified and unprepared we feel at times for the assignments in front of us. But I just want you to hear from us that that's the point, that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips those that he calls. And the Bible is chock full of examples of people that were ordinary, just like you and I. And I love, Moses has always been a a story that's been close to my heart because the Bible talks about him being slow to speech and, you know, kind of a backwards, introverted type personality. Well, that's me. Like, if God can use Moses, then I'm pretty sure he can use me, (laughs) you know? How many can connect with that? Um, Did you have something you wanted to share? I I saw the mic go so okay oh i told him i said if you got something to say just give me a nonverbal cue or just talk over me so um that that's how we're, we're gonna roll kind of uh, relationally today but um we have seven key ideas or truths around serving that we want to share with you today and we're going to share a little bit of our own stories as we kind of walk through these uh, but number one is that serving allows us to discover our spiritual gifts um, a serving allows us to discover and develop our spiritual gifts. First uh, Corinthians 12 uh, compares the church to a human body. And specifically, how all of these intricate and unique parts fit together to form a body. And they, they have to have each other to be able to do even the simplest of things. Um, just like, you know, scratching my head. If, if I didn't have my head and my brain and all the, you know, the, the nervous system and all the things to send all the messages to execute and the, you know, all the, the systems that work that, that result in that, then just thinking it wouldn't be enough. Um, and so that's God, God designed us all with a very unique purpose that is an expression of himself that only exists in you. And without you, we're missing, you know, uh, a finger. We're missing an eye. We're missing uh, a leg. Um, without all of us, the kingdom is missing something that God predestined for each of us. And we really, we really want you to hear that because um, if you can, if you can understand that the enemy is constantly working, trying to convince you that you have no value and that there's nothing that you have to offer. Um, that we need to recognize where that voice comes from and shut it up and listen to the creator's voice. Because the creator calls us, he, he literally pre-programmed all of us, predestined each and every one of us with something that is unique, that only you have. And if we don't have it in use in the body, then there's something that's not working. Um, And there's something that's missing from us being able to effectively carry out the vision and the mission that God has called us to as a church, um, as a church family, as a body, right? And so um, 
I forget who it was. Somebody, did you have something on this one that you were going to share, or was that Colin? I think it was Mila. Yeah, it was me. Like I said, this is a conversation, so just welcome to our living room. <laughs> yes, our very large living room. Um, but yeah, so the point with serving allows us to discover and develop our spiritual gifts. And while we were kind of hashing, uh, hashing this out a couple of days ago, God really showed me how I, by serving in a like um, leadership capacity, uh, at youth and mentoring and serving at a, on a worship capacity, just what all God did in my heart through those um, different channels that weren't directly tied to those specific um, serving areas. So for example, like God really developed a pastor's heart in me through serving in worship primarily. But it just, it was so interesting to me how even though I'm serving in one area, the takeaways from it are universal. Like they're, they're universally applied. Does that make sense? So by serving as a life group leader, you may end up deciding uh, or figuring out that God's put a prophetic gift inside of you because God starts speaking to you about different situations in people's lives. You know, um, by serving on the worship team, you may find out that you've got a gift of hospitality. You just never go into serving closed-minded like, okay, this is the area I'm serving in, so all of my takeaways are only gonna apply here. Because what I can guarantee you is that is most definitely not the case. So that's exactly why it's so important just to get plugged in somewhere and start serving. Because once you get connected and you start serving, I guarantee you there will be things inside of you that start bubbling up that you had no idea. And the thing about it is, is you may not even recognize it, but the people around you will see it, which is why it's so important to be in community. And just to kind of uh, put a bow on that, you know, for me, um, you know, growing up kind of in a ministry household, um, I found pretty early on I had a knack for, for playing drums. And thankfully, my parents were very long-suffering, and they allowed me to beat on pots and pans and tabletops and <laughs> whatever was at my disposal. <laughs> um, there are pictures of me with all the pots thrown out in the, the kitchen beating on them. So uh, I thank them for that uh, patience and long-suffering. But um, what I found is, at first, it was a big stretch for me to play drums. When, we started, when they started allowing me to play you know, drums at the church, I can remember how nervous I was. And I can remember how my hands would get sweaty and my sticks would get slippery. And I remember, I have one memory in particular where uh, I was... I was playing, and all of a sudden, my drumstick shot out of my hands and skipped down the middle of the church aisle. And, and a dear brother helped me out and brought that back to me um, as I played one-armed for a little bit. But, um, but what happened over the course of my life in serving was I graduated from that place where then playing the drums was very easy. Um, it didn't really require much of me. Matter of fact, I could kind of even turn it on autopilot um, and just do it without thinking. And my challenge to all of you is that if you're, if you're really, really comfortable and, and you're not being challenged, there's a good chance that you're not hearing the next thing that God has for you to do. 
because I can't speak for everyone's stories, although I can actually, I know quite a bit about these three other stories up here. But every time I've had to grow, it's been difficult. And it's been hard, and it's asked a lot of me. And I can remember going from being a drummer to helping out in youth, to helping teach a Sunday school class, to teaching a Sunday school class, to helping um, in a number of different areas in my church growing up. And that journey from then to now, I can tell you that the first time I got up to speak in front of you in this church, I was a nervous wreck because I almost failed speech class. <laughs> um, Me too. <laughs> yeah, Colin, I have that in common. Um, because I, I had a death, deathly, you know, deep fear of speaking in front of people. Um, but I had to conquer that. And God, through a number of different circumstances, he put me in a college program where I had to speak in front of the class almost every week. And at first it was painful for the people listening. It wasn't, <laughs> it was more painful for them than it was for me. But ultimately that kind of knocked off, you know, the rust and I grew. And I, I just say that to say this, just to underline that point. Um, if you're comfortable and everything that you have in front of you, even if it's, if it's vocationally, um, spiritually speaking, if it's serving here, if it's in parenting, um, you probably need to be growing and looking for opportunities that the Lord has for you to put yourself out there and to be uncomfortable uh, because part of that is the currency of heaven, which is faith. And if we don't exercise faith that way, which is, in my case, when Pastor Marty asked me to speak, saying, yes, and then figuring it out, um, over time, I've gotten to where, at first it was really, really difficult. Now I actually really look forward to it. Um, and God's built and grown me in a way that he never could have had I not allowed him the space. Um, and so that's kind of a challenge that we all want to kind of put out there for all of you today, is to really listen for what God's got for you. Listen for it. Look for the next step. And we're going to have a whole series that pastor's going to start next week talking about our discipleship and talking about next steps. And so um, I'll go on to number two. We've got to make up some time. Um, serving allows us to experience miracles. And when I thought about this, I, I so love the story in the Bible of Jesus' first public min, uh, miracle. And it's at the wedding. And the thing that I thought was so unique about it that I wanted to bring out to you is if you notice, again, this is the first recorded miracle, um, but who got to see it up close and personal? It was the servants at the ceremony that were serving the guests. And so many times we, we get to experience firsthand the miracles that are happening in some of your lives from being kind of in the front lines um, and that's one of the things that we've heard from those that serve as they get connected to being a life group leader or they get connected to serving in Pathway Kids or serving in youth is the impact it makes on them seeing the effect of their ministry on the people around them. Amen? I know y'all had... Yeah, yeah I would, um, what we talk about in Pathway Kids when we're you know, in our huddles or we're recruiting, we talk about how 
when you serve in that area or any area, it applies to any area, is you're on the front lines. You get a front row seat into watching life change. You get a front row seat into watching that child raise their hand to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You get a front row seat to watching them take the most important step they could ever take in their life. You get that front row seat of watching them grow in their relationship with God, take their next steps. You're pouring into a future generation. And there's, I pray it never gets old watching that, watching kids grow, watching adults grow, watching God do miracles in their life, restore families or whatever it may be. I pray that that never gets old. And so serving is, you know, when you serve, you're saying, I'm not settling for anything less. I want God to develop these gifts in me. I don't want to miss out on it. When I started serving at a young age, I just remember it was something in me that was like, I want to be a part of something bigger. You know, I want to be a part of something bigger. I see it. And when we came to Pathway, that very first night that didn't seem like much in the Mill Run Clubhouse, (laughs) I just remember thinking, I want to be a part of something bigger. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of a church that's going to impact the world. And so when you serve, you're watching miracles happen in people's lives. You're watching that happen. You get the front row seat to that. Yeah. And to tag along with that, what a lot of people don't realize is people make a choice whether they're going to come back to church within seven seconds of being at that church. Now, if you think of the seven seconds, that doesn't even give you an opportunity to hear an incredible worship set or hear the the word of God that the pastor has for you, but it starts in the parking lot. People are already deciding if they're going to come back. A lot of people driving up to the parking lot have been hurt by the church and they've decided, okay, this is my last chance. This is the last church that I'm ever going to try because I'm just over it. I'm, I'm over the hurt. I'm over all the things that come along with it. So... God impress me. And you have an opportunity of witnessing a miracle in someone's life in that seven seconds that they decide this is home. When they feel at home by being greeted by someone at the door, being welcomed with a cup of coffee, being ushered to their seat, the conversation that takes place, you have no idea the miracle that you could be sparking in their life. I know for us personally, coming to this church, we had tried so many different churches in the area and the thing that really got me is it wasn't the the worship it wasn't the 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 pastor that that spoke that day it was it was okay it was a good service and everything was good but when we came and dropped our baby boy off at the nursery we were welcome they directed us and showed us where to take him and and we felt like he was going to be okay like we felt peace that it's okay leaving him here But what was even better is the very next week when we came back, the same person remembered not only our name, but remembered Lyndon's name. And we knew that this is where we were supposed to be. And it was through that, knowing that we were supposed to be here through her, through the person at the check-in, that that was when the miracle took place in our life to be able to step in to the the full-time call in ministry that God had for our lives. I love that story, and um, I hear that often um, here from people, and sometimes I don't find out about it until they've been with us for a while, but I'll hear things like, it was just the fact that they remembered me 
the next week that I visited or it was that they, they could recall my name, which I can tell you for me is a battle because I work really hard with my wife's help to remember names. Matter of fact, I have a notepad in my phone that I use when I meet some of you to, to jot it down just to try to anchor it in my memory because it's so horrible. Um, God, I, it's one of my prayers that God would make my memory sticky. Um, but you know how much it means, you know, when you're, when you're visiting, especially a strange church, not only to, to feel welcome, but for them to take an interest in you. And that's something that I know J-Dub and, and Kayla specifically work really hard at, um, you know, within the, the realm of hospitality and, and the ushers and greeters is it's not just a job post. Um, you may be, you know, I, I use this story at times, but there's a, a friend of mine that we've been praying for for a very long time that, uh, that he would get saved and he would never come to the church. He just, sometimes he'd say he would, he wouldn't show up. And then there was one day where he finally decided to come visit and he grew up Catholic. And what he told me later was that when I walked in the door and I was greeted with a big warm smile and a hug by multiple people as I came in, it just felt like home. And he ultimately gave his heart to Jesus. And now they're some of our closest friends, he and his wife. They just had a new little baby girl. So I'm just telling you, you just don't know. And there's, you know, we're talking about, in this case, that miracle, missing the miracle. Sometimes miracles aren't these big grandiose things. It's just the miracle of remembering the name, you know, or it's the miracle of, of responding to someone in a moment where you can see maybe as a prayer team member that they really needed you. It's sitting down with someone listening to their story. Um, it looks like a whole lot of different things, but the, the first step is to be in that position, you know, to be in a place where God can use you and you get to be a part of all those miracles and you get to see those firsthand, kind of like what we're talking about here in this story. Amen? Serving is a form of worship. Um, it's a way to express gratitude to Jesus for what he's done for us, but also for what he's put in us, what he's given us to steward. Um, the fourth point, truth, <laughs> I'm going to share with you today is that serving helps us to be more like Jesus. And when we shift the focus off ourselves, it, it redirects it to the right place. Um, how many understand probably better than ever that we live in a society right now that is very me-centric, right? Um, and there's nothing wrong with, with taking care of yourself and taking care of your family, obviously. But we live in a society and a culture that's geared around making sure that you get yours or making sure that you take care of you first. The problem with that is it's absolutely opposite and upside down from the kingdom, because Jesus was all about everybody else all the time. And if we're following his example, then we have to be willing to flip the script, so to speak, and to recognize that our life really isn't about us. It really isn't. Um, it's about everyone around us. And that's a hard shift to make. Can we be honest? <laughs> um, do you have something there? Yeah. Um, so with it being more like Jesus, I think a lot of times when we look at serving, we immediately go to 
um, producing people to be on platform, producing someone that's going to preach. And the reality is, is God is developing your purpose through serving for what he has called you to. He hasn't called every single one of us in this room to be a pastor, to be on the worship team, but he has called you. Maybe it's to be uh, in your corporate job. Maybe it's to be a CEO of a company. But what I've learned through being in the corporate world and being here is that God developed my purpose and my calling through my serving. So when I was serving, it was making me a better coworker. It was making me a better leader of my employees. And, and now that I'm here, I want you to know that, that maybe you don't feel called to full-time ministry, but I guarantee you through your serving, God will develop and grow your purpose for the call that he has specifically for your life. And it's not just something that we ask you to come in and work somewhere, but we have so many different opportunities because we want to honor you. And we know that God has different things inside of you specifically. So we have multiple areas of serving, whether that's in Pathway Kids and Pathway Students and our worship team, tech arts. Uh, but we have so many different areas that are behind the scenes. I know right now with coronavirus and social distancing, a, a lot of people are still a little, a little leery on serving and, and what that looks like. But I want you to know that we have opportunities specifically for you, the stream team, where you can sit in the comfort of your home and the safety of your home and be able to still serve the community through commenting. And we have people online right now that are doing just that. They're commenting in our section um, and they're looking at YouTube and they're looking at all the things so I want you to know that we have something specifically for you. Maybe you don't want the, the limelight or the, the spotlight on you. We have something to where you can still serve and walk the calling out that God has for you. Yeah, and I think I appreciate you bringing that up, uh, Pastor J-Dub. Um, here's something that we wanted you to hear from us today is, number one, that we, we clearly recognize we're in a very challenging you know, period of time. And there's a, a lot of you that have been affected by the, the COVID-19 situation, some specifically you know, related to your careers or maybe because you're in an at-risk category. Um, and so what we don't want you to hear from us today and anything that we say is anything that brings you know, shame or guilt or condemnation because we recognize everybody's trying to figure it out. You know, and there's some of us that carry a little more anxiety than others about certain things. And there's some that have lived closer to this situation than others. Um, I have a very good friend of mine that's actually my first real mentor um, in business when I got into IT early in my career at Laterne University that just recovered from it, thankfully. And so he was sharing his story. And so we're all touched in different ways by it. And so what we're not saying is just have faith and do all the things. What we're saying is um, definitely listen to what God's saying first. What does God want me? What is God asking me to do? Um, and then engage where you can. And maybe before you were an usher, but you don't feel comfortable with that right now, or like some, like in our Pathway Kids area, we have a couple of key volunteers that actually serve in the elderly community or in healthcare um, that can't serve right now in that capacity. But maybe now you can do a stream team, or maybe you can help out in Pathway Kids with preparing materials for the classrooms for, for that week. Because one of the things that Pastor Jessica and I talked about, kind of the burden for you know this season, is we have a 
uh, a lot of children that since March haven't been discipled. Um, and while we do have a lot of um, families that do a great job of doing family devotionals or Bible stories and those kind of things in their home, most don't. And so we want to make sure that we're, we're doing our part. Part of our commission and our assignment is Pathway Church is the largest ministry in our church, <laughs> which is what Pastor Jessica oversees with kids. So I know you wanted to kind of speak to that. Yeah, I served um, in, I taught in there in the 9 a.m. a few weekends ago, and it was one of our first weekends of kind of reopening and being back in Pathway Kids. And, you know, I taught in there for years, and then my job positions kind of changed to where I just oversee. But just being back in there, I saw a difference in the kids from when, like even back in the fall, there was a difference. These kids were hungry. They were excited to be there. They were more engaged. They were asking deeper questions. You know, they were, they were hungry for those things. And our kids, more than ever, there's an attack on our kids. There's an attack on future generations. And now is the time that we as parents or, you know, our serve team or whatever it may be, we've got to step up and we've got to pour into these kids. They want it. They're sponges. They're hungry for it. And, you know, there's studies that say most people make the decision to follow Christ before the age of 12. Kids' ministry is huge. It's huge. That's where those seeds are planted. That's where that foundation's built. And we get an hour and a half with them, and we do our best each week. But as parents, we've got to influence their lives as well. You know, that's a serve that's a serving opportunity right there. You're you're raising spiritual champions. And so our kids are hungry. They want to be engaged. They want to be here. So yeah. And you know, so often we kind of like if I alluded to earlier, you, you kind of discount what you have to give or you don't think it's significant. Or you feel like, well, I don't really have much to offer, or well, I can't do that, you know, I can't. I can't sing or I can't teach a class or whatever that case looks like. What, what Jesus made so clear in scripture through parables and through so many stories is he never asks us for what we don't have. He only asks us for what we have. And whatever you have, whether it's the widow's might or some significant offering, it's not on the quantity. It's on the quality. And you know Jesus is literally throughout scripture, making a place for us to, to engage in where we are. And no matter what lie the enemy's told you, no matter what crooked path that your life has taken, let me assure you, you know, a lot of times in church circles, we kind of sit in a room like this and we assume everybody else always has it together. And I'm the only one that doesn't. Guess what? It's the other way around. <laughs> um, like I said, we have conversations all the time about, well, I don't know what to do here. Um, I guess we should pray, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and God always is gracious to answer and to give us wisdom on what to do. But don't discount what you have, um, whether it's the widow's might or, or whether it's some significant talent uh, or gifting that you have. So much of our discipleship journey is just giving what we have to give and letting God multiply it. Just like the little boy with the loaves and the fish 
It was just a small little offering. But Jesus used it to feed what they would historians and theologians a lot smarter than me estimate to be somewhere between 50 and 20,000 plus people. Um, so don't discount who you are. Don't discount what you have. Amen. Can I add something to that? You sure can. I think one of the dangers in kind of society is we, we place value on different positions, right? Well, he's a worship leader, so he's up there. Well, he's, well, there's the drummer. Well, maybe the bass player is before the drummer, but like we kind of come up with this system in our minds, right? It's true. We do. I'm not the only one, right? Okay, good. But there's a danger in that because what we have might not be exactly what the person on the platform, what, what they have, right? But the truth is, I'll tell you a quick story. At my last job, um, there was a, a janitor, a very, very, very sweet lady. And no joke, every time I was in my office working late, I could have my headphones in, not be able to hear a thing. The moment she walked into my cubicle, God's presence was there. I'm talking instantaneous peace this lady carried with her. And I'll never forget it. Long story short, crazy, ended up being one of my buddy's aunts that I used to go to church with. We, we connected all the dots after a conversation one day. But in someone's view, it made just, well, she's just the janitor. No, no, she's not. She's a daughter of the king. She knows who she is. She walks in that identity and she carries his presence wherever she goes. So never discount what you have to give. You never know how it may affect someone. That's good, Colin. Uh, number five, serving surrounds us with other Christians who can help us follow Jesus. And the thought I had as, as I was kind of thinking through this and we were talking about it uh, even this weekend was uh, in the Army, uh, they have what you call battle buddies. Um, and I'm, I'm aware of this uh, because of my dad's service in Vietnam and my friend Mike who served in Desert Storm. And it, the idea that I kind of want you to connect to here is that when you go through battles, uh, when you serve alongside other brothers and sisters, when you get in the foxhole with them, it forms deep relationship. And it forms relationship in a way that really no other relationships can um, because you're in it together. And battle buddies, you know, the idea behind that is that there's, there's accountability for each other. Um, if you kind of nod off going to sleep, you got your battle buddy there to <laughs> give you a little nudge. Or if you're wounded, your battle buddy literally carries you to safety. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, there's a little bit of this instruction for us. And it, and it says, spur one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another. And that's part of what serving in the kingdom does. It puts you in a community of faith. It puts you on the front lines, if you will, with, with battle buddies that live life with you, that go through things with you. And sometimes that's just being there. We've had some really, really hard things happen to our church family this year. Unbelievably difficult. And in so many cases, there's relationships there for people just to connect to, not say anything even, just sit there with them, love them through the hard 
situations in life and be there for each other and carry each other sometimes when they're wounded. And that's just, it, it's the way God designed us. We're not designed to be apart and isolated. He designed us for connection and for relationship. And one of the major ways that God uses these relationships is in growing us. It's in helping us connect with other people and learn and grow from each other. And like that scripture says, to spur one another on. Um, you know, you've heard the other scripture, you know, iron sharpening iron. It's, it's something that's a, uh, it takes friction for that to happen. <laughs> and sometimes we, we have a little bit of a rub, you know, here or there. Um, but that's good for us because it helps us grow, right? Is there something you had there, Colin? Yeah, I got to thinking back while we were planning this out. And all of the deep and meaningful relationships that I could just text somebody right now, whether it's, you know, um, I've got a flat tire or I need, you know, something painted at my house. I mean, just deep, deep, meaningful relationships with people that I know I can count on. There's one thing in common. I've served with them at church. Don't hear from anybody from high school, no one from college, you know. Uh, but for me, it's been serving. You know, even life group, it's like the, because what, what I've found is whenever you serve with someone, you get to see the true them, right? Because that's when rubs are gonna happen, whenever you're serving. We, um, one of my best friends and I went down uh, to the Beaumont Orange area after Hurricane Harvey. Um, shortly after it happened, I had a, a lifted Jeep at the time and was able to get into some of the areas that a lot of people couldn't get to. There's this one really deep water crossing and uh, saw a guy parked there. He had a boat and he was an F-150 and uh, stopped. We got out and started talking and he was trying to figure out how to get through the water because there was a lady on the opposite side that was a diabetic and she had run out of insulin. Come to find out, he's actually a captain at the fire station right down the road. Had no idea, never met him before in my life. But we served together over the course of three or four days I could call him or text him right now, and he'd be there, and I'd be there for him. Why? Because we served together. Hey, he got to see the real me, I got to see the real him, you know? It was over three days, but there was a connection that happened there that is lifelong. So serve and get plugged in somewhere. You never know who you're gonna serve with. Thanks, Colin. I'm just going to add a little bit on to that same thing that Pastor Colin was saying. There was a group of us women that served together in Pathway Kids, and then we started Hot Mess Moms. <laughs> and um, the life group still going on here. But in that group, we had women that were going through some really hard times. Um, one of them was Holly Luther that is our admin for Pathway Kids and Pathway Women. And I watched that group um, help her through, um, Rosie had been in the hospital and they would send her things, bring meals, all of those things. And you'll never know the impact you make because now look at Holly. She's here at the church doing things that she never even dreamed of. But through that connection, through doing life together, Look where it can take you. Look where, and I'm not just saying everybody has to work at a church, but through those connections, I've seen people um, get new jobs just through 
serving with somebody that had a connection somewhere, saw something in them, saw, hey, you would be good at this. And so there's just so much that happens when you serve together and you connect, like Pastor Colin was saying. So. Yeah, there's like a kingdom network. So that's one of the things I, I enjoy a lot that happens that you guys will share me story, you know, stories with me sometimes with those that are in your areas and this person knows this person who has this need, who connects this dot, who takes a step this way in their career, who ministers to a person from uh, even, even what I shared uh, a few weeks ago on the story of Job, what was so amazing is, and this was from this type of serving that, I'm, that we're talking about today and this type of connection, but I shared about uh, Justin Alley Hampton, who had lost their little baby about a year ago, uh, Levi Cole. And out of that loss, um, she, I told you the story about she began a life group for women who had, who had encountered that type of loss and the miracles that had kind of happened in that group of ladies. And then literally that afternoon, I get a message from someone who has a ministry that ministers to families who have babies in ICU. And they had lost a baby uh, themselves. They had a family that lost a baby after a day. And immediately that afternoon, I was able to help connect the dots to get them to Ali and Justin for them to minister to that family. And that's just how it works. Um, it's, it's the kingdom. It's when you're connected and when you're serving and you're, you're with people in the kingdom, that's how it's supposed to go. Um, we all need each other. And like Colin said, there is no position in this church that is higher than any other. And we believe that with all of our heart. If you're up here on this platform like we are, it's because we're the lead servants. Um, and we really see it that way. And I've been in churches or around churches that really didn't see it that way. But we talk about the idea that we are kind of in, in a staff, we are the upside down triangle. We always serve you guys. And the moment we get that out of perspective is the moment we need to go do something else. Because if this is about us, then that's really it. That's all there is to it. But it can't be that. It's got to be us constantly serving you guys. And that is coming from a man that helped me scrub halfway digested kolache out of a urinal one morning. <laughs> no joke. We were in there picking pieces of kolache out that one of our, I think it was the, it was the violinist. The charge is going to be real this yeah. morning. Yeah. <laughs> The violinist or the cellist lost his breakfast in the urinal. He couldn't make it to the stall. And uh, we were joking while we were cleaning that mess up. I'm like, man, we can take a picture of this and caption it. Would your pastor do this for you? <laughs> oh, Colin, I can always count on you sharing a story. <laughs> You're welcome. It, it, <laughs> uh, if we had all day, guys, we could give you stories. Um, but I, what's cool about it is I could tell just as many of those kind of stories about this group up here or about your pastor, about our staff team. Um, uh, but I, I do want to underline it with this. Before COVID, it took around 100 serve team members to pull off a weekend at Pathway. Our staff is 15. Um, they're carrying a lot of weight. And this is the part where what I don't want you to hear from me is a guilt trip or condemnation, that's not what this is. But it's a sincere appeal to you to let you know that we really do need your help. Uh, I value the, these people too much to allow them to continue running at the pace that they're running and we're all running in right now. 
Um, but that the, what the responsibility is for you is, is sincerely to pray and ask God, what do you want me to do? And I, we trust that that'll be enough, that whatever he asks you to do is going to be more than enough. I saw the mic wiggle. Did you have something yeah. you want to say there? Um, and I want to encourage you guys and let you know that, that serving never stops. Uh, that was one of the conversations that God and I had once I come on staff here because I had served in, in Pathway Students. I had served on the youth team, and, and that's, that's, that was my area of serving. And then all of a sudden I was able to step into it, but it wasn't serving anymore because it was my job. It was what I was hired to do. I was hired to invest into students' lives. And, and, and then it became, a, okay, this isn't my serving anymore. And God said, where are you going to serve now? Um, and, and that's something where it allowed me to continue to serve. Even though I had stepped into my calling, there's always an area to serve. And I want you to know we're not asking you guys to, to jump into a place to serve and, and not be right there alongside with you. Every single time we have an event, the muscle team, that's where I serve. That's my area that I feel like I can do the most. And every single pastor here on staff, every single uh, person on staff at our church has an area that they work. And then they also have an area that we serve because we feel it is so important that we go alongside with you guys and continue to grow and develop ourselves and watch God do that in you as well. Yeah, that's something that has been a value for our staff since, I guess, the earliest days we can uh, remember um, because we never wanted our staff to lose sight of, of that core church value, save people, serve people. If it's all about it's the job, then it's real easy to, to disconnect from the heart of God in that way. And yeah, we all give a lot and serve a lot in a lot of different areas, but we always want, wanted to, we have a clear delineation in job descriptions where there's not overlap, where if that, for Colin, for instance, worship is his serve area. It's also one of my serve areas. I don't have anything in my job description related to worship in that way because that's my serve, that's where I give, and, and there's, a, there's a separation there. And so just, I, just, I think what we're trying to say is we carry that value with us as well, and it's something we live and not just something we're telling you to do. You receive that? Um, last couple of points, and we'll, we'll round trip third and bring this home for you, okay? Um, number six, serving increases our faith. And really the key, we've kind of covered this already, so I'll just kind of summarize. Um, the key there is faith is the currency of heaven. If we don't have to trust God, then we don't need faith. And so kind of like I said earlier, if you're not stretching, you're not growing, that's kind of the idea there is that Serving requires us to kind of get outside of ourselves, but it, it increases our faith in the Lord because we have to have him to do it, you know? So many examples in the Bible. I think about, you know, David. You know, I think about Moses, Joshua. I mean, probably an infinite list. But these guys, they put themselves in situations where the only chance they had of survival and success was if God intervened, <laughs> you know? And that's really what God wants for all of us. Why? Because he loves us. Because he wants to be with us. He wants, he wants us to reach our full potential here on planet Earth. 
it's not just about getting to heaven. Um, it isn't. And I, I grew up around people, and there were different seasons in my life that it was all about getting to heaven. And that's a worthy goal, but that's such a small-minded mentality. God asked, uh, he gave us dominion here on planet Earth. He gave it to the authority to us as sons and daughters of God to bring the kingdom here, to show his love here, to express parts of God here that only could happen here. Because in heaven, we're all perfect, right? We get to live with him forever, and we don't, get it, you don't have to shed a tear. We don't go through a hard thing. And I can't wait for that day. How many is with me? Whew. But until then, our assignment, should we choose to accept it, is to be everything God's called us to be. And one of the prayers that, that we've talked about before that I pray often is, God, at the end of the day, at the end of this life, when I stand before you, I just want to be able to say that I left it all in the field, that I did everything that I could do to honor you. Not that I got it perfect, because it won't be perfect. It already ain't perfect. I messed it up already. <laughs> but to be able to stand in front of him and say, I did the best with what you gave me. And he doesn't need us to be perfect. He just needs us to be willing. Amen? Um, was there anything on that point you guys wanted to pop in? Um, I was just going to say that when you, when you serve, you're relying on God. You're relying on his strength. You're relying on him to develop those gifts. It takes you to another layer in relationship with him. Your relationship is strengthened through that. Um, you see him work. I've had to rely on God a lot. Like, are we going to be able to get this covered this Sunday? <laughs> you know, and God always works it out. He always has an amazing way of working it out, but it doesn't work out because of me. It works out because of him. And we have to like release control and let God step in. So. Yeah, get, how many know giving up control is hard? We're not good at that, are we? <laughs> um, last point, serving allows us to experience God's presence in new ways. And I think if we had to boil this all down for you, what's the point of serving? It's not to check off the religious checkbox and say we did our thing so that God will be happy with us or so that pastor will be okay with us or whatever. Um, it's not just to do my, you know, to, to do the, um, the, the right Christian thing. Um, Really, the, the point has to be, and this is what I would challenge you, that the goal of serving is not to do what I'm asking you to do. The goal is to grow in your relationship to Jesus. Jesus served with a towel. Um, he washed feet. He went to places that no one in the religious community would go. He went and hung out with prostitutes. He went and did things that were severely judged by the religious elite of the day. He went where people were, where they needed him. And that's our charge, is to go where people are. Not to sit in our comfortable church pews and wait for the rapture. It's to go 
And sometimes that's hearing these walls and going into a classroom and serving or you know, coming to student ministry on a Wednesday night or maybe it's helping out in a life group or maybe it's being on a worship team. It can look like those things. But it's also it's loving others outside of these walls. Um, that's where Jesus was. And we have a, you know, an outreach team led by Ryan and Denise Skinder that we're, uh, we'll be working more on, especially in the coming days as some things become clear <laughs> in the outreach space as to what, what we can and can't do. Um, but the point is to find a place to give of yourself and to serve because when you do that, again, the whole point is to get closer to the Lord, to follow him more closely, to look more and more like Jesus every day. Amen? Um, just kind of in closing, um, you know, the, the honest appeal to you today is, because you know, we're kind of straight shooters around here, that the truth is we really do need help. Um, we're not in like a desperate situation but we are in a position of need. And so what we're asking you to do today is if you're able to serve, then we'd like to invite you to do so. And so many of you have been serving that I can see your faces in this room. So I'm not asking everybody to take on five different you know, departments. Although if you felt like doing that for a short period of time, we might find a way to... <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, but, but we are asking you to do what you can, like we're talking about. Just bring what you have to offer. And, and maybe that's in an area that you've never served in. Um, you know, we're, we use the language uh, in First Step, you know, it's like give it a test drive. Um, I think so many times, if you grew up in church circles like we all did, you assume that you're signing like a lifetime contract if you commit to serve <laughs> in an area. It's like the black hole. You go in and you never come out. Um, that's not our value system. Matter of fact, um, as these guys can attest, uh, we work very intentionally to balance that out. Um, one of my places of burnout early in my life was in playing drums and serving on worship teams because there were stretches where I went years without a Sunday off in some cases. Um, that's not healthy. Um, so here, if you notice, we occasionally have peppered in new faces that you don't recognize um, because I, I contract those out occasionally to make sure that my guys have rest. Um, I don't mind paying for that because it's worth it because I want them healthy and I want them in a place that, to be able to continue to serve from passion. Do we always get it perfect? Have we had to figure things out at times? Have we had to make adjustments? Have we had to be more proactive to check on people? Absolutely, because um, it's just an, an ongoing thing that we have to constantly keep our eye on. But our value system is that we protect our people and take care of our people. And we want you to know that. We're not gonna put you in a spot and leave you. Um, and so the, the request and challenge for today that I would submit to you is just give an area a try. Um, it can be a stream team. It can be helping with getting Pathway Kids materials ready for the week. It can be a lot of different things. We have a lot of what you might call non-contact serve areas <laughs> getting, uh, you know, due to the COVID situation, obviously. But, um, but do what you can, um, not what you can't. And we'll, we'll trust God will take care of the rest. Amen. All right. Well, um, 
couple of housekeeping things just to let you know today um, we do have a couple of different ways that you can uh, sign on for a serve team. And as we dismiss, all of us pastors will kind of be out in the lobby, and we've got some popcorn out there. It smells really good. Like I felt like I was walking into the theater, which I haven't been in in a very long time. Um, so kind of nostalgic there. But we have some popcorn, and we have uh, some tables set up that have uh, some serve team applications on them. You can text serve to 903-331-0559, and that'll kind of send you a little electronic way to do that. Or uh, we have some little cards out front that have a QR code on them. You can use your phone to scan that, and it'll take you to the digital application where you can fill that out online. But here's my request. Um, don't do anything out of compulsion or obligation or shame or guilt or condemnation because that is, again, not what today is about. It's about you hearing what we've shared and asking God, what, is, what are you asking me to do? And, and whatever he asks you to do is fine by us, okay? So if you'll stand with me, I'm gonna let these guys head out to the foyer to greet you. And I'm gonna pray over you. Don't you appreciate your associate pastors, Pathway Church? We are so unbelievably blessed. Um, if I had time to tell you how amazing these people are, we'd be here a long, long time. Selfless. They love the Lord. They love you. Um, and I couldn't be prouder of them. Uh, if you'll bow your heads with me, I, I never want to leave an opportunity on the table. If there's someone here that in anything we said today or during worship, uh, as the Holy Spirit speaks to each of us, if there's a recognition in anybody's part here that you're far from God and you don't want to be, or maybe you've never given your life to the Lord and you want to make that step today, I just want to give you an opportunity. And so my, my promise to you is I'll just pray for you where you are. But just as a sign of your faith, would you just lift your hand so I can see it, so I can pray for you? I'll give you just a moment. All right, amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you for today. I thank you for your church. I thank you so much for Pathway Church, Lord, for this body of believers, this family, this family of God that you've given us. And I pray your blessings upon each and every one of them. That, Father, in these uncertain times, that you'd be with them every step of the way. That your peace would be with them. That your face would shine upon them in their coming and in their going. In the good days and the bad, you're always close to us. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to them and just show them what it is you'd ask them to do, whatever that looks like, Father. And we'll trust you for the rest. So we thank you. I pray your blessing upon each and every one here, each and every person watching online. We commit this day, this week to you and everything that comes from it. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. Can you give Jesus one more big praise before we leave? Hey, Pathway, I love you. We're so thankful for you. Um, as I said, we've got 
some refreshments and some things out in the foyer there. Us pastors will be there. So if you have a question, let us know. Otherwise, be safe. And we'll see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Love you guys.